I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you, and ooh, what a uh, way to ruin a beautiful fall Saturday here in the state of Iowa. Uh, the Hawkeyes drop a game, a home game to Michigan, 27-14 to 14, the final score. Really like a 20-7 to 7 game, a couple touchdowns late, but yeah, 27-14 the final. It's important for uh, some of you gamblers out there, and uh a day that it was just clear Iowa was not up to the task. Uh, they they are not as talented as Michigan. Um, they're not as well coached as Michigan. And they weren't ready to play the way Michigan was to start this game. Certainly at the beginning, uh, they were they were getting run over in the first half on, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's, that's the biggest story of the game here. The biggest story of the game is Iowa's inept offense, but that's been the biggest story of every game. That's the biggest story of the season and, and will continue to be so. Uh, I, I think the biggest lopsided uh, thing in this game was the the line play on both sides of the ball, specifically Michigan's offensive line against Iowa's defensive line and specifically in the first three quarters uh, where Michigan could just kind of do what they wanted. Um, they had plenty of time and protection in the passing, in pass blocking, and they were able to move the ball on the ground uh, pretty freely. They didn't break off anything huge. They were stopped short of the end zone a couple of times. Uh, they only scored 13 points for a team that's uh, you know averaging almost 50 in each game to hold them to 13 in the first half, uh, considering the amount of time they had the ball, the number of plays that they had, uh, and the success they were having just uh, kind of in general, I think that's that's an okay thing for the defense. But uh, they were being blown off the line, and then um, Iowa's defense just, just wasn't quite able to, to, to stop to fully stop Michigan or, or to keep them from scoring. And then Iowa's offensive line wasn't able to do much either. Um you know, I tweeted early in the game that it was big boy football and, and Iowa wasn't ready for it. And that's, that certainly was the case. Now, Iowa got back into the game and uh, showed some life in, in the second half and in the fourth quarter specifically, but uh, it, was just, it was too little too late by then. And it does nothing to make you feel better about uh, the the rest of the season because even though there's a lot of winnable games and the Big Ten West is very weak, and we will talk about that here in a few minutes uh, because, again, the season is not over. Uh, Iowa's offense is not good enough to to go out and win games and certainly not good enough to beat teams like Michigan, who I don't think is the fourth-best team in the country. I don't think they're a top-five team, but they're they're a top-20 team, and Iowa isn't, and uh, Iowa's going to lose to teams like that unless the defense can come up with some big you know turnovers, uh, touchdowns, that sort of a thing that just didn't happen today for Iowa. Uh, teams aren't going to give Iowa those opportunities very often because they really don't need to. That 13 points at halftime by Michigan really felt insurmountable. Technically, it wasn't. Iowa did score 14 in the fourth quarter, but uh, that game was never all that close. The closest it got 
what was was when Iowa uh, in that fourth quarter had another a couple of nice drives, one to score a touchdown, give them their first points of the game, make it twenty to seven. They force a three and out. That was great, exactly what you needed. And then another nice long drive all the way down to the what four yard line, something like that uh, for the Hawkeyes. Let's see where that one actually petered out. Yeah, the Michigan five um, is is where that one ended, and the play calling at the end of that drive. I mean, especially on that, that that can't be your fourth down play. G- giving it to LaShawn Williams on third and four is not a bad play. Um, you know, maybe you want to try to do something different there, but if you know you're going for it on fourth, try to get a couple yards. I'm okay with that. But that you can't you can't complete a one yard pass on on fourth and two. I mean, I don't know how that's that can't be a difficult concept to grasp. You can't complete a one yard pass on fourth and two. Does nothing. Um, so yeah, just I mean, overall disappointment in in the the offense. Uh, the defense played well enough to to give them a chance to win today. Again, didn't play great. Got manhandled on the line. Uh, Would have liked to have seen some you know better tackling at times. Uh, but overall, if you give up twenty seven points, that that allows you to be in a game. And again, that last touchdown was really kind of fluky and, and garbage time. It didn't mean anything. Much like Iowa's final touchdown, uh, but. Giving up 13 points in the first half to a team like Michigan is not something that should uh, make you go into halftime and say, well, we're screwed. But that's how it feels right now because this offense is so inept. It's so, uh, it just, it, they, they can't do anything when they do get things going. Uh, some bad penalties, uh, you know, bad timed penalties, poorly officiated penalties uh, really stop their momentum. And I was the type of team where if you stop their momentum, they can't get it back. Overthrows by Spencer Petrus, who had a good game overall, and, and we'll talk about that as well. But uh, missed some some clear, easy throws. What seemed like easy throws. Um, his lower body footwork was not good. His fundamentals were not good in the first half, uh, and and just Iowa's offense didn't give their them a chance to win this game. Iowa rushed on this day for thirty five yards. Thirty five yards. Now you might think, well, they didn't, they must not have run him. Yeah, twenty four carries, thirty five yards. Not great, not great. Let's go through the box score a little bit. Like I said, Spencer Petrus had a pretty good game. It wasn't perfect. It's never going to be with him. He overthrew some people. He missed some plays, uh, no doubt. But and and he also took some sacks that you can't take. Uh, he still three years as a starter can't feel some pressure. It's really frustrating. Uh, some of that's on his offensive line, obviously. Um, that final possession where I guess again not the final possession. I was scored on their final possession, but um, Iowa had just gone gone forward on fourth and, and missed it uh, but had that chance to kind of hold Michigan down and maybe get something going you get the ball on the 40 and you get sacked four times essentially I think two of them were incomplete passes but they were you know Spencer Peach was being his he threw uh, there was really no chance uh, that's that's pathetic it's pathetic four plays minus 14 yards on one of the most pivotal drives of the game on a time where you need not just a touchdown a quick touchdown you can't even get a throw off it's pitiful. But Spencer Peters, other than those things, had a pretty good game. 21 of 31, 246 yards, almost an eight-yard average, and threw for a touchdown. It's Spencer Peters is not the reason Iowa lost this game. Uh, it's the offense as a whole. It's the offensive line. It's the offensive play calling. Uh, it's the lack of speed and playmakers on the edges. 
So the 35 yards rushing takes into account 31 yards of sacks taken by Spencer Petras. So LaShawn Williams had eight carries for 34 yards. Caleb Johnson, 12 carries for 32 yards. Caleb Johnson had that touchdown. Um, and, you know, looks good at times, um, but just not not many holes. The scheme doesn't help. Um, the running game just never really got anything going. And then, again, when I was down by 13, it feels like uh, like you have to start throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, they did that. They were successful at, uh, in places with that, uh, especially to the the tight ends. And then Luke Lachey, who had a big game, he had that touchdown late and uh, got a chunk of his yards in that final possession, but also had a really nice uh, catch to help Iowa move the ball in the possession where they ultimately turned it over on downs inside the Michigan five-yard line. But Luke Lachey with four catches for 84 yards. Nico Ragaini, uh, nice to see him get more involved. Four catches for 55 yards. Brody Brecht, was good to see him catch a couple of balls. 38 yards on two catches. Had a drop or two, uh, but good to see him getting more involved uh, in the offense, especially if we don't know when or if Keegan Johnson is going to be back. Sam Laporta had five catches for 24 yards, and that's just that's just not – that's too lateral. It's too lateral. You need to get the ball down the field. This offense can't survive on one and two and three-yard passes. It just can't. Potty, Monty Pottebaum with a 17-yard catch. Al Quick with a 17-yard catch. LaShawn Williams caught a ball out of the backfield. Arlen Bruce with two catches for seven yards. Again, how is your biggest playmaker, your, you know, the, the, the one guy you have on that team, on that offense who it feels like could break something – it's two catches for seven yards. And then Gavin Williams had a catch, but he lost four yards on, on that. 246 yards uh, for Iowa receiving the ball. No fumbles, no interceptions, no turnovers in this game uh, on either side, which is uh, that's a bad thing for Iowa. You're not going to win many games the rest of the season uh, if you don't win the turnover battle and certainly if you don't turn uh, you know, create a turnover. Um, Torrey Taylor had a nice game, five punts, 48-yard average. Uh, one touchback, which was which was tough. It would have been nice to get that one uh, inside the five there, but um, you know, again, it's not Spencer Petrus's fault. It's not Tory Taylor's fault. It's not the officials' fault. Uh, it's it's Brian Ferentz's fault. It's Kirk Ferentz's fault uh, for why Iowa lost this game. Now they lost to a better team, and that's going to happen. It's going to happen again this season. They're going to play some better teams. They're going to play some bad teams too. Uh, but they're going to play some better teams. Iowa lost to a better team today, and they just weren't up to the challenge. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Looking through a few team stats, uh, Iowa 16 first downs, uh, Michigan 24. Iowa's offensive stats look a hell of a lot better after... After the full game, than they did at halftime. At halftime, it was it was bad. Uh, I would only run a handful of plays, ten plays, something like that. Had only had the ball for seven or eight minutes in the first half. Um, it was real bad in the first half. Things got better in the second half. Got much better in the fourth quarter. Um, so the 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 numbers are inflated a little bit. But it also kind of shows you Iowa can do that. Yeah, against a defense that maybe had let up a little bit. Although that that that. After the Iowa scored the touchdown, 
that big long drive they had down to the five yard line, which ultimately ended in a you know piss poor fourth down play. Um, that was a, that was a big drive, and it's fun to see Iowa have the capability of doing that. You wish they would do it earlier and more often, but it, at least you know it's there. Um, just will it ever show up, and, and will it be with any consistency? It just do- doesn't seem like it. Michigan outgained Iowa 327 to 281, uh, just 155 yards passing for Michigan. They knew what they were doing. They weren't going to let uh, J.J. Th- McCarthy throw an interception. They weren't going to let him r- ruin the game for him. They were going to hand the ball to Corum. They were going to use their offensive line uh, and the advantage they had there, and they were going to control the clock, uh, control time of possession, control field position, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, 172 yards rushing for Michigan. Quorum had 133 of those and a touchdown on 29 carries. Iowa, again, just 35 yards rushing, although that does include the 31 yards of sacks uh, taken by Spencer Petrus. Five penalties for Iowa for 59 yards, and some of those were, were bad calls. Uh, even the TV crew uh, was talking about how bad some of those calls were, but it, you have to be able to overcome that. Uh, Michigan also had five penalties, 50 yards for them. Time of possession, again, ultimately ended up not so bad. 33-44 for Michigan, 26-16 for Iowa. But those numbers are inflated because of that fourth quarter uh, and because of what Iowa's offense was able to do late in the game uh, when it was really ultimately too late so now you look ahead and you go to champaign illinois uh and face a three and one illinois team who throttled wisconsin in madison today 34 to 10 was the win for illinois and that's going to be a hyped crowd a hyped brett bielema a hyped illinois team hosting iowa under the lights 6 30 saturday night that feels like I was walking into a buzzsaw, and that feels like a game that Iowa will not win. If that's the case, Iowa falls to 3-3, three and 1-2 three, and two in the Big Ten, going into their bye week. And then you're at Ohio State, and that game is going to be a bloodbath. Prepare for that game. Don't even watch that game. Like Whatever you need to do to get through that day, do not expect anything, because this is not the 55-24. This team is not capable of that. If Iowa's defense starts the game with a pick six the way they did in 2017, you know, turn it on and watch for a little bit. But this Ohio State offense is too good. They are going to boat race Iowa because Iowa can't keep up scoring. Even if Iowa's defense plays their best game of the season, it feels like Ohio State's going to win that game. And if that happens, it's three and four on the season with five games left. And even though they are five winnable games, you start to worry about if you lose the team. That's what I'm worried about. Now you go to Illinois and you win, you feel a heck of a lot better. You go into that bye week, you prep for Ohio State. You know who knows? Again, I don't think Iowa is capable of beating Ohio State. Uh, but if you beat Illinois and you can get some things going, you at least feel better about those final five games, uh, which are the most important games of the season because they are in the Big Ten West. So this Illinois game is super important, obviously, and it just it, you you don't feel confident. Now Iowa plays better on the road. Uh, their defense certainly seems to have a knack for getting turnovers, getting touchdowns on the road. Uh, they they like going into those hostile environments, and so maybe maybe that maybe that happens for Iowa on Saturday night. Maybe whatever they figured out in the fourth quarter uh, offensively carries over until next week, and, and Iowa can play with and or beat Illinois. And if that's the case, you feel a lot different. But if you chalk those two up as a loss, Illinois and Ohio State straddling a bye week, you come into the end of October, you're home against Northwestern, and you're 3-4, and four, and 
not all is lost because I would guess by then the Big Ten West will still be up in the air with how bad this league is this year. Um, but you just hope you haven't lost the team at that point. Um, those final five games, home against Northwestern at Purdue, home against Wisconsin at Minnesota, home against Nebraska, none of those teams are great. Minnesota looked like the best of that group coming into today, but they got beat 20-10 to 10 by a Purdue team that just hasn't shown much this season yet. Um, I think Iowa could easily go 3-2 and two in those final five games. And so if you're, you know, Three and four going in, that's six and six. If you're four and three, that's seven and five. I think that's probably what we should be expecting at this point a six and six or seven and five season. Um, but Wisconsin doesn't look look great again. They got trucked by Illinois at home. That's Wisconsin's second bad loss in a row after just getting housed by Ohio State last week. You have Purdue beating Minnesota 20-10. to Minnesota did not look good. Now, Ibrahim did not play for Minnesota, and I haven't seen any update on what his status is moving forward. He's obviously the biggest part of their team. He is their identity, Mo Ibrahim is. Um, and so him not being there was obviously a huge issue for them, uh, but just unable to score against Purdue and uh, and held Purdue in check for the most part. You know, 20 points isn't bad to give up to a Purdue team that, that we've seen put up a lot of points uh, against teams like, like Iowa in the past. Um you have to think that Northwestern is going to lose to Penn State this afternoon. You have to think that Nebraska is probably going to lose to Indiana tonight. And so, you know, it's not impossible for Iowa to make some noise in this division um, because the other teams are so bad. But you just the the offense needs to get better at this point. You have to be extremely optimistic to think this offense is going to figure something out. And even though uh, I think if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I'm I'm usually pretty extremely optimistic. Uh, I'm I'm not there anymore. Uh, this offense just, just isn't isn't very good. Um, Spencer Peters had a better day. You know, maybe Caleb Keegan Johnson comes back. And things turn around a little bit, but man, that Illinois game now, Saturday night, looms large. Uh, we'll have this game covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, check us out. Rob Howe, John Bonacamp, Rick Brown, everything we're doing. Uh, I'll be back with you next week. We've got the HawkeyeNation.com radio show on KXNO Thursday nights. And uh, and then we'll be back here Saturday night, 6.30. I hope you don't let this one ruin your day. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Um I appreciate you listening. Hey, go Hawks.